Welcome to the Vacation Impossible podcast for Friday, September 17th, and we are coming to you from uh, a little cabin in Oliver, B.C. It's not really a cabin, but it's sort of a... Cabin-esque. Yeah, it's, it, it's pretty awesome. We're at the Orchard uh, at Oliver, and uh, we've rented a room, and it feels like a cabin, even though it's more like connected, like row housing. Yeah. Um, so anyways, it's, uh, it's pretty cool. Uh, there are apple trees where you can just on the property go and grab yourself a fresh apple off a tree if you happen to feel hungry, which I just did. Uh, and so that's pretty awesome. Yeah, apples of all kinds of different varieties. Yeah, yeah. They got they got at least one Granny Smith tree, and so that's the one that I rated, <laughs> and I'll probably go hit it again uh, for breakfast tomorrow before we leave, so. Yep. Well, I guess we'll first cover the, the trip we're on, that's normally what we do, the, the yep. trip so far. Uh, yeah, what, what do you what do you think about the trip? We, uh, this is a week-long trip. Uh, our cruise we had to cancel because of ever-changing rules around COVID and vaccines and things like that, and it got to a point where basically... Um, there would have to be so much testing and, uh, my vaccine, which is accepted by the World Health Organization, and that was fine for Carnival for a while, Carnival switched from World Health Organization to the American CDC, and the American CDC doesn't recognize the particular cocktail I received, which happens to be the same thing that the Prime Minister of Canada got. Uh, I just got it two weeks before he did. And apparently that was a mistake. I don't know. Uh, so anyways, um, they were going to be testing me as if I were completely unvaccinated and restricting my movements the same way. Uh, and so we made the determination to cancel just because it's a lot of money to not have a lot of fun. And I think we made the right choice because shortly thereafter, um, things got a little bit worse. And so they were imposing more and more restrictions that now even the vaccinated passengers are going to have a similar experience as to what it looked like I would have had. Exactly. Uh, so we, we didn't cancel. We pushed it back a year. Uh, so hopefully we'll be back on the panorama in August of 2022. And with a little luck, maybe we can go before then. Um, He's hoping. Yeah, we'll see what happens there. Uh, so anyways, uh, this trip was basically uh, sort of in response to that um, because I need to use vacation time or else I get in trouble, which is sort of a, a cool thing. Um, I think uh, uh, some good employers out there concerned with mental health of their uh, staff mandate that they take minimum vacation every year, and I'm nowhere close to hitting it, and that's kind of ironic because I'm like vacation guy. Uh, so we just kind of put this together a little bit last minute, um, but sometimes that's a great way to go uh, without a really strict plan, because on this trip, uh, we saw a bunch of stuff that we did not plan to see. No, it was awesome. Because we had the time. When we puttered. Yes. <laughs> uh, we, we, we met a family friend along the way for dinner, and uh, uh, they were saying, how, oh, you're puttering, and oh, I wish I could putter, and it became a whole we Seinfeld sketch. We haven't had a good sketch. putter in a long time. <laughs> I want putter. I haven't done any good puttering in quite some time. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I guess in this sense, I would define putter, uh, other than the golf definition, of uh, basically going with very little plan yep. and just choosing to stop whenever you feel like it or whenever you see something interesting. Yeah, no, that's absolutely what we did, and it was fantastic. We had a lot of fun this trip. Yeah, so we did a little loop, starting in Vancouver, going up to Sun Peaks, which is a resort community just north of Kamloops. Uh, partly because Kamloops, the hotels were really expensive on our dates, but Sun Peaks was really cheap. And I'd never been there before, uh, and so I got the Sun Peaks Lodge, yeah. which was great. Um, and while we were there, we did some walking, we tried a, a Italian restaurant called Capone's, which is amazing. Yeah, absolutely, I have to give that a try. 
Uh, we plan on going back possibly annually, maybe for my birthday or something, uh, because one of the benefits of traveling right now is it's September, and so uh, the weather's still fairly decent. It can turn on you here and there, but it's by and large really good, uh, but since most people are back in school or focusing on their work, they're not really thinking about traveling, and so costs for a lot of things are down, yep. uh, particularly accommodations in certain situations, and like a ski-slash-hiking resort, well, you don't ski when there's no snow, and you probably don't want to hiking in the rain so it was uh it was really cost effective uh, you know walking around was maybe a half dozen other people maybe a dozen walking around at yeah. the same time so it almost felt like we had the whole resort community to ourselves yeah it really did feel that way and we only checked out like a small 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 portion of like the main area of it so it'd be nice to kind of yeah we barely scratched the surface i feel like so be, i'm looking forward to checking it out again and so uh, that's just something to consider generally is traveling in September is fantastic. In the past, we've gone to Orlando very cheaply in September, mm-hmm. and like there were no lineups for like the Hulk roller coaster and things like that. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've done Disneyland in, within two hours one time. It was actually the first anniversary of 9-11, uh, and it was, so it was deserted as a result. Uh, so September can be a really good time to travel. You get good deals, decent weather, but things are still open for decent hours. Mm-hmm. Um, and it can be a great way to try something that otherwise could be very expensive. So, um, if you're not able to travel very far, but maybe there's a resort community somewhere in your state or province, uh, you know, September might be a good time to go check that out and also support some local businesses. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny thing is I actually lived in Camelot for a while and I never got around to checking out, uh, Sun Peaks. So it's funny that leaving, uh, Camelot, I finally get around to checking it out and I'm really, really glad I did. Or we did. It's a, it has a very European, kind of vaguely Bavarian-esque, mm-hmm. um, sort of design aesthetic to it. If you, if, if you've been to Rotterdam or, or have seen photos of Rotterdam, um, it kind of is sort of similar to that as far as like color palette's concerned, which is really nice. Um, and, and even if you're, yeah, if you're a mountain biker, you're going to absolutely love this place. If you're an avid hiker, you're absolutely going to love this place. If you don't mind rain, I love hiking, but the second a raindrop hits my head, I become like a 160 pound baby. <laughs> you do not want to be with me on a hike and when it's raining. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's, it's, um, and they actually, they, what I thought was really cool about, um, the, the mountain biking aspect of it is, there's an area where you can sort of learn to be a mountain biker. Um, so they had, you know, they had that kind of training, mm-hmm. kind of training wheels sort of um, course, or something. course. And so it's like, okay, like we're going to start here and work our way up. And they were playing like leveling up and like boss battles. And oh yeah. They had this like eight bit, like video game Mario theme to, yeah. to uh, basically your, your path of learning mountain biking, which yeah. that, uh, that appeals to me. <laughs> well, I imagine a lot of people are probably inclined to want to go to Whistler for this sort of thing. I actually have a friend of mine who I went to high school with. Her son is into mountain biking uh, with his dad, um, and they actually recently did something like this in Whistler, and I imagine they can get just as good of an experience uh, at Sun Peaks with, with for quite a bit less. Well, it's good that you mentioned that, because uh, on our previous trip, and we mentioned in the previous podcast, we stayed in Canmore, mm-hmm. uh, and Canmore was very expensive. One of the cheapest options that we went for um, the quality uh, chateau, which was fine, but that was well over $200, mm-hmm. whereas uh, we were able to get this for well, not quite half, but nearly, mm-hmm. uh, and so 
it was, uh, yeah, a little bit more than half the cost. Uh, it was closer to Vancouver, which is convenient mm-hmm. for us. Um, and I mean, I, there was, I, I think a little less stuff than you get in Canmore, uh, but for a day or two, I, I think that you would do yeah. quite fine. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there, there's, uh, there's this great cafe, uh, where they have these wonderful, uh, was it the cheese uh, melt breakfast that I had that was amazing? Uh, pictures, pictures on Instagram, um, starts, starts with, with a B. B. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Bolaco or something like that. Yeah, something. Uh, it's the top-rated restaurant in Sun Peaks, and it's near the parking of the resort, so it's relatively easy to find. Pretty much as you're leaving. Yeah, we're coming in. Yeah, and so uh, it was. It was inexpensive and really good. Uh, and it was busy. Nice. There was a steady stream of people going in and out. And yet we were still able to, to, to be seated at a table on the inside. We were kind of lucky in that regard, as we often are. <laughs> yeah, and they, and they were incredibly friendly. And they and after a while, he's like, oh, do you want this? Do you want that? And I was just like, oh, well, whatever you're recommending, because I'm just going to take it on faith that you know what you're talking about. Yeah, we went in with a plan, and we did not follow that plan uh, at all, and it worked out fantastic. Absolutely. And that is pottery. <laughs> right there. Uh, you know, having a loose plan so that you don't end up sleeping in your car. Beyond that, you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that was uh, that was pretty fantastic. Um, and there was gold. Yeah, Golden um, was interesting because uh, for for whatever reason, um, the hotel prices in some of the places like Camelot and Gold were, were, were rather high. So we were expanding the perimeter of our search to you know um, local areas, and so I found um, the Alpine Meadows Meadow Lodge, Lodge yeah. which was I think it's north of Golden. Um, and north of everything. Yeah, well, you have to go for like three, three and a half kilometers on this rally car um, gravel dirt road. Yeah. Um, at one point, there's a sign that basically tells you you're about to go a kilometer straight up. Yeah. Uh, so horizontal driving was new, uh, mm-hmm. and that was an unexpected um, requirement. <laughs> yeah. And so we, we filmed coming driving away from it, so... Assuming everything's fine with that footage, we'll probably be putting that up on YouTube, so you want to check us out on YouTube, uh, youtube.com slash vacationimpossible, and subscribe. You can go find that video, depending on when you're listening to this episode. Um, but you can see how harrowing it was. Um, the first time you do it, it's terrifying, because you don't know what's next. Uh, other than your GPS is telling you, you've got three more kilometers to go. Yeah. Uh, and then after that, it's a little less concerning, because you've been through it before, but it's still not smooth sailing through calm waters, yeah. I think, by any means. And so, I mean, if you, I mean, again, I mean, I grew, I didn't grow up, but I lived in a really rural community for a while, so I did some, you know, bush parties and whatnot. Uh, so I had some experience driving kind of rally road-esque uh, dirt paths and stuff like that. Um, thanks, Athena and Amy and Heather, uh, for and and Pat for helping me uh, learn how to drive these roads. Skills and from your misspent youth. <laughs> very very misspent. Um, and um, so I, so I felt you know pretty well prepared to to drive these roads. Uh, but if you're not someone who's confident um, on driving in not ideal conditions or just off, literally off the beaten path, you're not going to have fun. Um, and if there's inclement weather of any form... If it had rained, it would have been... If there was mud to contend with, that would have been a real issue, I think, possibly, yeah, driving that. We're, we just drive a little four-banger. Um, yeah. I mean, it's I mean, got Pirelli tires, but they're old. Yeah, uh, they're not totally you know bald, but they're you know they're not what they were, exactly. and they weren't meant for this, even when they were new. Yeah, and nor was nor was our little yeah nor was nor was our car poor little car old old Yaris basically. So um, you know 
and that was not the only time on this trip that sort of, <laughs> but by the grace of God, did we not totally destroy what's left of our car. Yeah. Um, and so that's something to consider that if you want to stay there, it kind of bills itself as a bed and breakfast. That's not entirely yeah. accurate. There is a very light continental breakfast that you can make for yourself. They yeah. even got a sign that basically says, make your own damn breakfast, which was interesting. I mean, not damn, but yeah, they... It's they implied. Yeah. I mean, but it, was, I mean, it was this nice wooden, like, you know, with the with the, the burnt uh, yeah. wood into the sign. But it's basically saying, you know, we're not, clean, we're clean not up after yourself. We're not your yeah. monkeys. Whatever. I mean, it, <laughs> the Alpine Meadows is a bed and breakfast the way a Hampton is a, is a bed and breakfast. Um, though Hampton Inn gives you a little bit more personal service, quite frankly. Well, and Hampton Inn's more of a hotel in the sense of, uh, you, you know, so, the yeah. consistent <laughs> professional uh, stuff. So, like, when we arrived, um, after swallowing our stomachs back down, uh, <laughs> we went to go check in, and the place was deserted, as far as we could tell. There was a sign that indicated to call this number for service. And, I mean, we're still in the days of COVID. And so I thought, okay, that's a little unusual, but we're trying to keep a very open mind and be very forgiving and understanding and flexible because of COVID. And so I called the number and a woman answers and I uh, was explaining, like, we're at your, what we think is your office. You're, we're trying to check in. Yeah. And there's a, and it, the fact that it's a bed and breakfast, but it has Just, a reception area, which is really not indicative of a bed and breakfast. And so I was sitting there kind of going, Hmm. And, and also you have to take your shoes off to enter, which yeah. was an interesting thing. And I hadn't really stayed at bed and breakfast before. I'm a hotel guy. I'm a camping guy. I'm not really a bed and breakfast guy. Uh, and so I was trying to expand my horizons on this trip and try new things. And this was part of that. Uh, and so I'm just trying to roll with whatever it is because for all I know, this is normal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I'm calmly trying to explain it. I don't think she understands. You're in our office, she asks. And I'm like, well, I'm trying to check into the to the lodge. Yeah. And, she, and, and she didn't seem to understand. And as I'm having this... This uh, lack of communication over the phone, that's when... Um, this lovely Scandinavian gentleman kind of shows up and he's like, oh, hi! Didn't catch his name, but in my mind he's Sven. Sven, of course, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and Because uh, I, don't, I don't recall, if, I think he introduced himself. I'm not, I but, don't think he did. He introduced mm-hmm. his colleague who's going to come in afterwards, Janice, who we I never saw. No, never saw. Unless um, she was the woman who busted in on me. But that comes later. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, <laughs> so of course I've, I've, yes, Fen, he's Fen in my mind. Yeah. And so he, he, you know, uh, sort of checked us in and it was interesting because he knew our, he knew the name that we had checked in under because I don't think there was practically anyone else there. Yeah. Uh, we did at one point, I think, see an older couple that we ran into. So yeah. there was some, you know, visual verbal confirmation that we weren't the only people staying there, Correct. but those were the only ones I saw. And so he gave us a quick little tour of where things were. They have, like, the game room, which consisted of a TV, three Blu-ray players for some reason, uh, and, like, 12 Blu-rays. So it's, like, four Blu-rays per player. <laughs> I don't know why they had that ratio. Like, I'm guessing two of them are broken. I don't Probably. know. Uh, and I've had some trouble with my Blu-ray players back home. But, you know, having more than one actually sadly makes some sense to me. Often having to use the PS4, but sometimes it doesn't work on the PS4 and it does work on the Blu-ray player. That's a whole other rant. Um, and so when I heard game room, I thought like, oh, I, Board games. I mean, the thing is I stayed at what I think was a bed and breakfast in Europe in 2005 called the flick flack. There was this weird thing where they were advertising the dreamcast everywhere. And so they had like cardboard cutouts of Lara Croft and posters for the dreamcast all <laughs> over their facility. And so here I am at a bed and breakfast and I hear game room. And so I flash back to that and I'm like, I've never played the dreamcast. <laughs> I could play some crazy taxi or some Bomberman. I think they had on that flap. I don't know. Like I was like, okay, this is older. So maybe they'll have video games, but they'll be, like, retro. I'm like, that's kind of my thing. So I burst into the room all excited looking for, like, where's the NES? And all I see is the, the Blu-ray players 
there's a whiteboard, uh, there's like three quarters of a Jenga game, <laughs> uh, and they had like a cribbage board and a couple of little things, uh, and that was about it for the game. I mean, I was fully expecting the cribbage board, and I was expecting yes. board games, like probably Monopoly or maybe Game of Life. Um, maybe something a little bit more obscure and European. Uh, but <laughs> I think they was, might was, have had something for Pictionary. Maybe that's what the whiteboard was probably, for. Yeah. But I didn't see Pictionary. That's just an assumption I made. Yeah, or, or what was it, the, the Telestrations or something like that, yeah. Or like Win, Lose, or Draw, something like that. But, Who knows? And and the room was quite small. Very clean, but quite, quite small. Cozy, as yes, they say. Yes, exactly. Um, um, and a comfortable bed, but in, not a bed made for sharing. Um, so it was, uh, it, it was very bouncy. What was it? You bouncy. said one spring short of a trampoline. Yeah. One spring short of a trampoline. Absolutely. Um, and so it's like one person sits down with any force. The other person goes flying <laughs> yeah. in the wall. I exaggerate only slightly for comedic effect. Yeah. But you know, it was clean. The place the place was very, very clean and short of, you know, and, and I went down to get some breakfast cause I was, I had been woken up one too many times. I'm like, you know what? I'm just giving up on this idea now. Um, and, you know, <laughs> if it's included, take advantage if you're also away. that. Um, and so, and I wanted to kind of see if my confirmations were correct because I was really looking forward to like a bed and breakfast experience. And yeah. you show down, and this kind of come down. There's a communal breakfast thing, and some somebody you know, playing host some, maybe, and some like, you know, you meet, you meet woman. an inspector who's like <laughs> on sabbatical, <Something> like that. <laughs> and, and, and yeah, you know, a rotund woman with a cute little apron can't help wait to serve you her, you know, having funny her banter nan- with her husband. Exactly, or and can't wait to show you her nana's scone recipe with some, you know, fresh European butter. And, and tell like, you about the best place to go and do something in town. That you have absolutely no interest in doing, ever. Yeah, um, you know, where so to get was, antique pottery or something. Yeah, and so I was <laughs> fully looking forward to that experience because I haven't, I haven't been to a bed and breakfast in quite some time, and that was kind of my experience the last time I went to a bed and breakfast. And instead um, you got a sign that said, get it yourself. Basically, yeah. And, and I got the option of four stale cereals. Because um, they didn't even clamp the bags once they were open. They did not, which, no. Horrifically I mean, burnt coffee. I do not know how to do that. Um, and, and, you know, a couple of options of toast, and that's basically it. Um, Not even fresh fruit or yogurt? I, I think there were some apples. No yogurt. Definitely no yogurt. Well, Hampton and Uh, Oh, and and, and some hard-boiled eggs. So, um, uh, that were probably quite cold. Uh, so. uh, Definitely get better than that at a Hampton Inn, not that I'm a fan or anything. Yeah, but, uh. But at least I didn't have an adventure the way poor Ray did. So while she was gone, uh, she didn't want to wake me, so she didn't bother locking the door behind herself. And this place uses physical metal keys mm-hmm. uh, to lock the door at all. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, you, you have, you'd have to actually use the key to lock it, and the key was buried, and she didn't want to wake me. Uh, so I'm asleep, and a cleaning lady just bursts into the room and mm-hmm. apologizes uh, in a relatively thick accent, and uh, that's how I start my day is by having somebody, you know, bust into the room while I'm sleeping because there's no do not disturb signs mm-hmm. at this at this facility. Yeah. And this is becoming indicative of a larger problem. I've seen it in other places where so many places seem to be doing away with the do not disturb signs. And you know what? If you have an app that people consistently use to check out or some other checkout process where you can know if a room has been vacated, then you can make it work without a yeah. do not disturb sign. But even if that's the case, I recommend you have it for the peace of mind of your guests. Yeah, it's a little piece of plastic. It's not that big of an expense. Yeah. Uh, and there's virtually no work yeah, involved. You have to wipe it down every now and then. Yeah. It bothers your uncle. 
Um, so some sort of indication uh, would be good, and I'm seeing more and more places not have that. Yeah. Um, and you know what's interesting is there was a period where it looked like Hilton was getting rid of it as well. Mm-hmm. And the couple times that it happened, because I know Hilton, and you know, always minimum silver member, sometimes gold. Uh, not that I throw my loyalty weight around, but like you know, I like to stay with them, and I know the kind of service to expect. Yeah. And I know that if I'm at a Hilton and I ask for something more. Uh, they're all too happy to do it. I don't get attitude back, as so yeah. you might get in some places. And so when that was happening, I would call down the front desk and say, I don't have a do not disturb sign. Yeah. And I would offer, I'd say, can I come down and get one? They're like, oh, no, sorry, sir, we'll bring one up. Yeah. But it was clear that I think that they had been trying to face them out, and I think it didn't work. Yeah. My, my observations are that it fell on its face, rightly so, and they corrected, and now there's always, for the last few years, consistently, do not stir up signs in, the, in all Hilton <laughs> from these double Cheeky little center. things that they say, and it's cute. And yeah, like, they have a little fun with it. You know, even, even just a, a double-sided strip of duct tape that you just write with a sharpie that says do not disturb and tie to a rope or something like that. Yeah, okay, it's ghetto and whatever, but at least it's something that says... It's, it's but, yeah, the, the do not disturb sign is important. Yeah, but it's like, <laughs> So I beg of you, any hotel out there who might be listening, keep it, keep it please. Yeah. Or give us some alternative that works. Like, maybe like the, 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 the lock on the, the airplane bathroom that says occupy. Yeah, like something. whatever. Yeah. Um, because so, yeah, we, it's not, I, I, I don't think we can do without it. Yeah. So, so yeah, we definitely hightailed it out of there as soon as we could after that experience. Well, it was funny so, though too, because I was, I was, in the, I was down in the, in the canteen, as I call it. Um, and, and, you the, know. The breakfast note? Yeah. The, and so, <laughs> it was a huge room, uh, facility though. Um, and, and Ray had messaged me, he's like, oh, did you get some breakfast? I was like, oh yeah, you know, make sure to get you some yogurt. Oh, no. Anyways, um, they didn't have yogurt. That was another breakfast. Um, I was like, yeah, no, I got some breakfast. He's like, oh, oh, so that wasn't you that like opened the door and then slammed it shut? I was like, what? No. <laughs> because I'm asleep and I'm, uh, I'm sleeping with earplugs. And earplugs, I think, you should carry with you even if you don't necessarily use them. But whenever you travel, you don't know when there's going to be a flight path above you mm-hmm. or a loud party next door or whatever. Turns out, you know, your traveling companion snores and you didn't know that. Whatever it is. Uh, I strongly recommend... Always have earplugs when you travel. They're like 38 cents. Just do it. Yeah. Um, and so I was sleeping with earplugs in. And, uh, and so it woke me, but it was so fast. And I just opened the door and apologized and closed it again. So I didn't know who it was. I thought it might have been you. And so, and I'm like in a haze, mm-hmm. just barely woken. So I'm like, I need to understand what just happened because I don't <laughs> currently. And I'm still like, semi-conscious. Like, did, did did you say more than just sorry? Like, were you were you offering me a breakfast? Were you saying screw this? I'm out of here. Like, what? Yeah. You're, you're walking home. Oh, sorry. Uh, so who knows? Um, and yeah, so I was trying to find out like what the hell just happened. And once once we figured it out, or I figured it out, it was explained to me. I was like, okay, well. That was a shot of adrenaline to start my day. Um, I want to go. <laughs> I'm Far done. Away now. <laughs> I'm done here. This was fun. I don't need awkward glances from the from the the, the cleaning person, the housekeeping yeah. staff, uh, and me guessing which one it was. Or who knows? Um, so yeah, we got out of there, and that was uh, that was that was golden. Uh, so don't think we'll be staying there again. I mean, if you're a hiker, backpacker, and you like going a little bit more rustic and doing things a little bit more yourself, and and it might appeal to you. Yeah, if you've gone. A four by four, like high centered sort of, you know, vehicle, a jeep or something that you want to go take slightly off roading to your hotel. That might be the place for you. Uh, not our speed. We're not equipped yeah, for we're, it. We're not. <laughs> we're absolutely not. I mean, definitely want to do it. Uh, give another kick in the can. Or kick at the can of um, 
bed and breakfast. Yeah. But n- not that one anymore. Well, and the communal area, like, had a fireplace and couches, and it looked lovely. It looked like something out of a, I don't know, a Tommy Hill figure ad or something. You know, a bunch of people with hot chocolate singing Christmas songs. Oh, it came straight and out maybe of that's what that it's like. Wake Me Up, the video from Wham, and came straight out last of... Last Christmas or something? Uh, or, yeah, Last Christmas, sorry. Yeah. And then straight out of um, Dumb and Dumber. Um, yeah, the yeah. you know the the day the dream sequence uh, from Dumb and Dumber. So it was so it was like really really cool and it's very very you know rustic and Swiss Alp Swiss chalet type rustic chic thing. I mean yeah. not so much Swiss chic, uh, but definitely very very rustic. Um, and um, you could just picture like people in sweaters, you know, with with their hot chocolates around, yeah. singing Christmas carols after a day of skiing. If they can get to the place in one piece, that's the challenge. <laughs> there in lies the rub. You yeah. got to imagine that if there's any snow on the ground, they welcome you by saying, "Congratulations, you, you made, made it." it. Yeah. And there's <laughs> stunning views all over the place. But the yeah. but then the patio, there's an upstairs patio where you can kind of sit and enjoy the view. Uh, but it's super rickety, so I kind of just stepped outside and I was like, "Oh nope!" <laughs> Take a, took a a quick couple of photos and then back right on out of there because I was like, oh, I choose life. <laughs> well, and also one of the issues with the facility is that it, uh, because of the type of building it is, it does not have an elevator or escalator, so it's stairs, 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 which is not very accessible unless you happen to get a room on the lower floor. I'm not sure that there were rooms on the lower floor. I think that was all communal no. spaces. Yeah, I think so as well. So, um, so if you're able-bodied and very active and you, you know, you don't need pampering, then this you might be a place to consider. Ubicon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, other than that, you know, unless your RAV4 is ready to go, um, it's probably not the best place. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that was fine. But and it just then, made us appreciate the next two hotels that much more. Because we were Hampton Inns. Yeah. Uh, in Calgary and Lethbridge, and those were just, they're always lovely. Hard to go wrong. And so we will have, uh, hotel tour videos on our YouTube channel. Again, it's youtube.com slash vacation impossible. If you want to go check that out, um, so that you can kind of see what they look like. They were, uh, they were both a little different from the run of the mill Hampton Inn mm-hmm. in terms of the layout. They reminded me a little bit of the Park MGM in Vegas. So it was almost like a Hampton crossed with the Park MGM, which uh, they executed very nicely. Mm-hmm. And so we're always, you know, spoiled mm-hmm. at the Hamptons. And yeah. That was fantastic. And then, uh, then we stayed at other places. <laughs> well, but first, though, we need to talk about the Italian tip. I thought you might. Yeah, sorry. So, uh, attached to the Sandman Hotel in Lethbridge is an Italian restaurant called the Italian Table, which is absolutely lovely and has very reasonable prices. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, and if you read the reviews online, they constantly refer to a waiter named Ty, yeah. and we had Ty. Ty was great. Uh, he's, he's friendly and full of information, knowledge, and energy, but he's so laid back and casual about it, he really reads the table. Very much uh, so. so that, like, he, he never feels pushy. Yeah. Because uh, you can always get that guy from, like, office space with all his flares. Like, hey, how's it going? Everything going on? Great. I like it. Let's get some brewskis. He's not that guy at all. Yeah, no, he's not an Apple <laughs> server. Yeah, he's, he's he, you know, he's he's friendly and sincere, and you can tell that he's the kind of guy that um, he gets energy and enjoyment from interacting with people. And so it's sincere mm-hmm. when he's talking to you that, like, he would much rather be talking to you than leaning up against a wall waiting for the next customer. Yeah. Uh, we saw that very much in his posture. And again, because it's COVID, uh, and we went a little earlier in the day because we want to avoid any rush, particularly because of COVID. Yeah. Um, you know, we saw before it got busy, and you could see like his when he didn't have people to serve his his energy and his posture kind of you know went down. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, absolutely lovely, very good food, very reasonably yeah. priced. Um, and you can't go wrong. Like if you're thinking, I'll try something I haven't had before. That's a good place to do that because I don't yeah. think you can miss. Or just you know have their sirloin and just have done because their sirloin was. 
phenomenal. Um, you know, everyone goes on and on about the filet mignon. I can go on a big thing about why I don't think filet mignon is that important to cut. Um, but yeah, they, they cooked it absolutely perfectly. It was perfectly seasoned. It, it was, I, I only want char grilled, um, or char broiled uh, vegetables from now on. Um, they, uh, yeah, it was absolutely phenomenal. And then, um, oh, we had this, um, olive oil, um, cake. cake. And that was sounds really, horrible. Tastes delicious. Yeah, it's so it's it's like a um, almost like an elevated uh, strawberry shortcake, for lack of a better word. Um, and it um, so it's a really nice dance Italian cake um, where they use olive oil for the fat rather than butter. Um, oh. And so <laughs> um, and it uh, then with with some really nice um, glazed strawberries, um, and then they make almost like this um, creme fraiche, creme anglaise concoction um with uh, mascarpone and um and a limoncello so it just it was just so 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 delicious there was absolutely nothing wrong with that entire meal and and i i want to make a point of going to lethbridge again specifically so i can uh, have that meal once more lethbridge was lovely we um yeah. We got there early because it's not very far from Calgary, and we yeah. we stopped in on Vulcan along the way because we liked Vulcan, but their um, their tourist oh. center was closed, yeah. so there wasn't uh, much to do in Vulcan. I was planning on buying like all the Star Trek things. I wanted a Star Trek mask. I wanted like possibly a uh, Star Trek costume for Halloween. So I was good. I was I was fully ready to spend like two three hundred dollars. <laughs> well, and I've never been to, to Vulcan before, so I wanted to kind of get a chance to really check it out. Yeah, uh, and so um, we got to Lethbridge early since we didn't spend as much time in Vulcan as we had figured, uh, and so it was too early to check into the hotel. Had we arrived, I'm sure Hampton would have accommodated yeah. us, but there was no need. We just went to the first park that we saw, and that was an absolutely lovely sort of boardwalk thing that they had out there. And so love, Lethbridge itself is mm-hmm. just, it's, it is very nice. Uh, it, it, as a town, it gives a good first impression. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not very built up, but it's modern. Yeah. Uh, and so it's, and it's, you know, it's clean and friendly. So I like Lethbridge. Oh, we have to talk about Mama's, um, well, the Mama's Pizza and Pasta? In, in Vulcan. Vulcan. Yeah. So if you've been to Vulcan or you've seen our Vulcan videos, you might have seen in the background, um, near the sort of space station welcome center, not far from the model of their, uh, their starship, uh, there's a pizza and pasta place. And so I've seen it all these years and I've always been like, oh, I wanted to try it, but I either never had the time or wasn't hungry at the time. So this time we tried it out. We go in and, I mean, it feels dirty, post-apocalyptic. It does. It does a little. It, like they, you, they've got, they've got, they've got like uh, um, drinks and things that are stockpiled. They've been stockpiling. Yeah, and it's in it, the space where the customers can see. Yeah, it's it's, it's very Red Dawn esque, um, and uh, it's it 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 feels like there's just nothing but health code violations everywhere you look. Well, I mean, I don't. Um, yeah, I don't get the Red Dawn thing until I remember our server was very young. But yes. very good. No yeah. complaints. No, no, she's she's t- totally fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it definitely okay. gives like hard red dawn vibes, hard uh, yeah post apocalyptic vibes. Yeah. Hard, yeah. If if you're Lord someone, of the flies time. <laughs> yeah, if you're someone who you know has a background in food safety the way I did, you're kind of sitting there going, I pray that there aren't as many violations as I think there are. The next time um, they remake the stand, if they want to have a diner scene, they could totally that's go the there. And to do it, they could film it. Um, but then having but, said it was amazing pizza. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, I had uh, I had a um, toasted Italian sub uh, uh, with like all the meats, and it was absolutely delicious. 
you had a whole, yeah, Hawaiian pizza looked fantastic. Uh, it was great. I, if I wasn't enjoying my food so much and wasn't concerned that he might actually bite me if I tried for his, <laughs> I might have gone for a bite. Um, they had really good fries. Um, and, yeah. and I mean, there's obviously the locals really like it because there, there's a relatively decent stream of people kind of coming in and out and ordering food. Well, and you raise a good point because let's say you walk into some small diner, local restaurant, something that's not part of a chain, a place you've never been before, and after being seated, you get a bad vibe. And so you're committed. You are now in this unfamiliar place and something feels wrong. Mm -hmm. Now what do you do? And so what I did in that moment was I listened for what the locals were ordering. They were all ordering pizza. People were coming in to pick up their pizza to go. People that looked like locals were ordering pizzas at their table. Mm -hmm. As soon as I heard that, I said, well, this is what the locals come for. So whether or not it's a comfort issue, maybe you know you have some anxiety, oh, is this place clean? Is the food any good? Or maybe it's just that you don't know what to order because there's too many good options. You can't mm -hmm. decide. You don't know what you want. Um, I think a little eavesdropping uh, can Absolutely. be a nice tactic in that moment mm -hmm. to uh, possibly get what could be their their best dish. Yeah. And so that's what I did. But yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely worth checking them out, even if it's taking picking something up to go, or actually, mm -hmm. if if you're just like looking and you're like, uh, uh, um, <laughs> take they have to go. But, but you know what? Their them. bathroom was fantastic. I think yeah. that was the bathroom that had the fresh flowers in it. Oh, cute. And I was like, why is your bathroom so clean and spacious, beautiful, and uh, like appointed with flowers, and the rest of the place looks like a bomb shelter? Oh wow! I, like it was the juxtaposition. But I was, I, I went in there, kind of like, you know, I'm not going to touch anything. Or, <laughs> yeah. You know, put my hands in my sleeves and just kind of like paw at things as necessary. He's like, hold your breath. I open the door. It's like, oh, uh. <laughs> like, oh, those are lovely flowers. They smell so fresh. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> in the men's washroom. <laughs> but yeah, definitely worthwhile stuff. And I really hope that people. Uh, take our recommendations seriously and uh, make a point of going um, you know if they're going to Falcon or make a point of checking out Falcon if you've never checked it out before it's and then fun. making a point of checking out uh, Mama's Pizza and Pasta but if you're going and COVID is still a concern depending on when you listen to this podcast um, maybe try to go on a Saturday or Sunday because that's when the, the, yeah. their visitor center is currently open uh, but it's a little contradictory because one sign says open seven days a week nine yeah. to five and then the big you know, big the, big sign and then the little sign on the door is like open Saturdays and Sundays from like 9 to 5, closed from like 12 to 12.30 for lunch. <laughs> oh, and don't be sucked in by Wolf 359, because there's nothing Star Trek related there. Um, and nor should you be sucked in by Latin and Louis. Well, actually, not Latin They're, they're nice, but they have not, if you're looking for Star Trek stuff, those are not the places no. to go. But, I mean, they are small-town lovely. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, and the Latin and Louis had a lot of really good candy sessions. That's true. Yeah, good candy there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and then from Lethbridge to Cranbrook, Cranbrook where we stayed at the Model A Inn, which is trash. Um, yeah. The person who checked us in, presumably the super owner, nice. super nice guy, um, we were asking for a ground floor um, uh, room. Uh, we had booked a, a queen, uh, and all the queens on the ground floor were unavailable, but due to uh, your accessibility needs, uh, we were... We mentioned this, and so he upgraded us at no cost to a king that was on the ground floor. We didn't even have to mention it. He saw my cane and knew right away what yeah, we needed. Exactly, yeah, exactly, exactly. So he clued in pretty quickly. And so he was very friendly. Absolutely. He was nice. He couldn't have been kinder. Mm -hmm. Not super fast, but competent. Yeah. And so uh, we had checked the reviews online, and they were all constantly talking about this glorious owner. So yes. presumably... I think Randy was his name? Uh, yeah, maybe. Um, but presumably that was him. Mm -hmm. 
And so that's where the greatness stopped. And and then we go to the room. For one thing, um, if you have a no smoking policy, uh, allowing people to smoke immediately outside the door with the door open negates that. There's no point in it. At that point, you're just trying not to get a ticket from a bylaw officer, but you actually don't care, and that is not what your hotel is about. Mm -hmm. And that's what this place was. Everyone was smoking right outside their door, often leaving their door open, so what's the damn point? Yeah. Uh, Or windows wide open or whatever, yeah. And then when we go in... uh, uh, and uh, assuming that the video will be available, uh, there should be a video tour. Uh, and what you can't see is the smell. And the smell is pretty bad. I have an allergy to cigarette smoke. It was activating my allergies. I spent most of the time there congested and unable to smell anything, which mm-hmm. after a point was emergency. But at the same time, it was hard to sleep and breathe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I did not sleep well. Um, and the grime around the sh- on the shower head was epic. We put that on our Instagram. You can see a picture there. Uh, that was just like the shower itself looked fine, but like the water has to pass through there to touch my body. And no, it wasn't. Not this yeah. time. It was not. And then a. Yeah, but which and it, and it's and again, it's a, one of those situations. Like I don't know if you've uh, watched or listened to our podcast from the last time. Um, the we had a hotel that we were staying at called the Night's End, and it was one of those situations where Merit. you put a little uh, in Merit, where you put a little bit more effort into it. It could actually be a fantastic hotel. And so, and the Model A is again another situation where if you put even a, a little bit more effort, but a little bit of effort into it, you can actually turn this into a fantastic hotel. You replace the carpets, you deep clean the walls, you uh, you so know some expense. But there's definitely some expense involved, yes. Um, and, you know, just modernize the, the decor just a little bit. Because the decor is quite dated. And it's, it's and the thing is, it needs to be replaced anyways because that smoke smell gets embedded. Yeah, it's in. not going So anywhere. if you're going to have to swap it out anyways, modernize at the same time. Yeah. Because, I mean, the bed was incredibly comfortable. It was, despite the fact that it reeked, it was a very, very clean. And, and the, it was a and good size house. king. Um, yeah, the TV was a good size. Yeah. They had a good cable selection. Those things were fine. Yeah. It it's was, just... Like, you worry about how clean it is. Yeah. Because the smell and how old everything seems. And you're like, if they're not caring about that, are they caring about, you know, general sanitation? Yeah, because, I mean, there's, with looking at the the decor um, and the furniture um, and, like, the bedding, you know, without a shadow of a doubt, that the last time any of this stuff was purchased was in the 80s. Um, and, like, I'm not even trying to be, you know, cute and pedantic or anything. That's actually the case. It was, these are definitely... These are dated from the eighties, uh, late eighties. Yeah, pretty sure nobody makes those quilts anymore. Yeah, and so <laughs> it's um, and and yeah, again, before com- people call them duvets, that's how old <laughs> it was. It was comfortable. Um, and saw really good pillows. Like I'm trying to find solids everywhere. I mean, but I mean, I it's it's only because I happen to have an air freshener in my car uh, that we were able, that I was able to even kind of tolerate Make it slightly level, uh, which I realize now for left in the in the hotel. But we were so quick to get the hell out of they there, especially mm-hmm. because once again, Ray had an adventure. Well, yeah, um, <laughs> and like I had trouble getting to sleep, partly because the walls were so thin. You heard every word spoken by the adjacent guests and their televisions, uh, and so sleep, even with earplugs, prior to them turning off their TV and stopping talking, was not in the offing. Uh-huh. Uh, and because of my allergies and everything, I didn't sleep well. So when I finally got to sleep, then uh, checkout time is at eleven. At nine thirty, housekeeping busts in. It's Bang, bang, bang. And then as they're opening the door, they say housekeeping. At no point do they give me time to react. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I pull out the earplugs and, like, curl up in the fetal position, like, ready to defend myself yeah. against, like, this attacker. Uh, and uh, they're like, oh, sorry. And then slam the door shut. Uh, and so I 
again, I mean, there was no... It's my fault for not activating the dead hole, but I, yeah. I'm just kind of... And, and, that, and that is a really good uh, safety tip. No matter how nice a mm-hmm. place you are staying, you should always engage pretty much all the locks when you're in. Yeah. I've been in, uh, you know, uh, uh, nice rooms at, like, uh, the MGM Grand in Vegas or whatever, and uh, somebody has tried the, the door yeah. because they had a few too much to drink or whatever, mm-hmm. my presume, and got the number wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's always good to do that. That's a good policy, but you shouldn't have to. Yeah. To keep the staff from busting in on you. I mean, that's that's exactly the thing. It's like if checkout is eleven, why and and housekeeping knows that there's someone in that room. Why are you busting in at nine thirty? Um, uh, I understand they've got a job to do, and the earlier they can get a start, the better. But if yeah. your facility does not have do not disturb signs, which this facility does Did not. not have. Uh, then you need to assume that someone's there until you know that there isn't, mm-hmm. is my advice. Our car was parked outside the door. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was an indication yeah. that they could have uh, cleaned some other room before ours. Yeah. So um, and it, so that was irritating, and so we just got out of there as quickly as possible because I didn't get a very good sleep. Yeah. And that was last night, so I might be a little punchy in this podcast. <laughs> I might be a little bit more negative than usual um, because I'm operating on very little sleep. And again... Adrenaline is not my breakfast of choice. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and oh, so. And, but for, we completely skipped over a head smashed in buffalo jump. Yeah, and so that was an interesting thing because um, we've heard of it before because it's such a unique name. Yeah. Uh, and so we were driving along the three uh, and we. Um, uh, this was after Lethbridge. Just past Fort McLeod. Yeah, and so. Um, Which is a cute town. I want to check that out. Yeah, yeah, no, that was that was pretty cool to drive through, um, and yeah, it would be interesting to stop and take a closer look. But we saw signs, and so I adjusted the navigation on GPS, and we went to go see it. Uh, and so getting there is fine, mm-hmm. and once you're there, it bills itself as an accessible uh, attraction. However, its wheelchair parking is at the bottom of a very substantial incline, a ramp, a road. Yep. Uh, so it's a bit of a hike up a hill. So for an able-bodied person, it's relatively easy. But if you have mobility challenges, it might not be possible. Well, I mean, or it could be a strain at the very least. Yeah, I mean, they have an area where you can drop off, and, and the sign says like drivers can drop off. You know, VIPs um, uh, or, or wheelchair like passenger, you know, guests with mobility issues. Mm-hmm. But that presupposes that the driver is not the person with the mobility issue. Or that they're um, not on their own. Or, or that too, exactly. So it was, um, so, you know, we had to park on the hill and I was kind of sitting there going, okay, well, which mobility device do I need? Do I take my cane? Do I take my braces? Do I take my walker? Like, which one do I take? And so I opted for the braces. Made the right choice. Made the right choice. Because um, there is a, uh, some hiking you can do once you're up there. Uh, and so there's this 1.2, 1.5 kilometer path like that, yeah. that you can take. And we were able to walk some of that with the braces, but it gets very narrow. So a walker or a wheelchair would have never stood a chance and there's a lot of steps. Yeah. So uh, again, they wouldn't have worked uh, for that. Yeah. And um, apparently there's a wheelchair accessible path, but that is where you, you get paid to get into this interpretive tour thing. Um, and so you basically have to pay for wheelchair accessibility. Yeah. And this is a UNESCO mind. heritage site. So yeah. it's a, at a world heritage site to limit the ability for people to uh, enjoy it, learn from it, observe it, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, with mobility challenges or financial challenges, whatever. I mean, it's $15 for an adult. Their website indicated that it, you want to give yourself at least two hours to check yeah. out the interpretive center and everything there is to see. And since this was uh, a, um, a putter yeah. uh, <laughs> where we just saw a sign and decided to check it out, um, we didn't... It wasn't going to be practical to yeah. put two hours in. We hadn't had lunch yet. We, you know, hadn't had breakfast to... yet even. Like we hadn't eaten. Yeah, yet. yeah, because uh, yeah, and so it was just um, 
it wasn't practical for us to check yeah. it out in full. Um, but we did get some uh, lovely pictures and hopefully some video that we'll be getting on our YouTube channel once mm-hmm. again, youtube.com slash vacation mm-hmm. So you can go see that very unique attraction, at least what we were able to, um, but the, your GPS system you're using it is going, if you're heading back to say BC, um, <laughs> it is going to direct you once you get to the bottom of the exit to turn right, ignore it and turn left. Because if you follow those directions, if you're headed into BC, you will probably turn... Highway 795 is what they call it, I believe. Something like that. They call it a highway. Yeah, (laughs) and it stops being paved. And it becomes this gravel rally course for 35, 40 kilometers. Uh, and so that was harrowing. And what was interesting about that is when we did arrive at the hotel later that day, yeah. when we opened the trunk, the inside of the trunk was completely covered in gravel dust. Yeah. Uh, which is surprising because I didn't realize that, like, our trunk was... Not fully sealed. Or something exposed yeah. in that way. Yeah. Um, and so that was interesting and messy. Uh, and so we're hearing these constant gravel impacts on the undercarriage, and it's like, but by the grace of God, didn't we not, like pop a tire as someone else did yeah uh, and they had a proper like fifth wheel like a proper fully on tire we just have a donut oh in terms of yeah yeah their yeah, yeah, replacement tires thankfully they had a full one but yeah we passed somebody and they you know they had to jack up the car and get the wheel off and, and we, we had hope we driving past us so i was like giving them pretty decent speed giving yeah and so i was like i'm just gonna slow down doing like at least 40 <laughs> they were doing at least 40 kph yeah. And uh, kicking up a lot of dust and rocks. And so, but by the grace of God, were we not observing our future when we saw that person have to change out their tire? Yeah. Um, and yeah, so luckily, the you know, the tire's fine. We didn't rupture a fuel or brake line or something. Yeah. Um, but uh, only by chance, I would say, and good fortune to driving. Well, um, and it's funny, it's because our last road trip, uh, because I there was a couple things I wanted to check out, but it involved us, like, inadvertently doing some off-roading um and Henry's like you gotta stop doing the off-roading thing I'm like okay I promise no more off-roading and so then we went to Alpine Meadows I was like you know how I promise no more off-roading and then we did this <laughs> thing I'm like, I'm like, again you know how I promise no more off-roading <laughs> Well, the thing was, is that we were able to pull this vacation together in a week. We had a yeah. week's notice, the opportunity to go, yeah. uh, and so it wasn't our usual level of diligence. Which again, you know, hey, it's the putters. Yeah. You know, throw a dart on a map and go and figure it out, and yeah. that can be fun. It was a lot of but fun, but it comes sometimes with costs, like yeah. staying at places like they're the, a little dodgy. Yeah, and so now we're here at the orchard, which is you oh, know, so cute. It's it's fantastic. It's great, and so uh, you know, definitely check out the the, the video of this place um, because it's it's lovely. And what's nice about it also. They, um, I don't know if this is a COVID thing or just how they normally operate, but they called and they left a voicemail basically indicating how, which room we were assigned and how to access it because it's by a keypad. Mm -hmm. So they give you a four digit code. And so you don't have to speak to a person. There's an invoice waiting on the bed, had my name and credit card, everything up. It was all charged and taken care of. Um, and some instructions, informations about, hey, if you want to go loot the trees in the orchard, go right ahead. And so we did. Yeah. Um, and so it's, you know, it's uh, it's lovely. It's great. I would definitely stay here again. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's, it's I mean, it's it's not a hotel room for more than two people. Absolutely not. But that's, mm-hmm. you know, they they have like full-on cabins though available. So Yeah, and, and an RV spots if you're an RV uh, person. Okay. So, Yeah. 
Uh, so that's sort of the trip so far. Mm-hmm. Um, and just talking about, as we always do on the podcast, upcoming possible travel plans. So um, still no word on the Mario Marathon uh, in terms of when that might be coming back. They still owe the uh, the audience at least one more marathon. Mm-hmm. Um, and so as soon as we know, you'll know. Um, Probably 2282 at this point, I'm thinking. That would be my guess, but we can't say for certain. Yeah, you know, um, Brian. Yeah, and so similarly, uh, Gen Con, I think, was earlier this week or last, last week weekend. or something. So obviously we didn't go to Gen Con, uh, partly because it was going to be reduced and also because of, you know, the border restrictions. Yeah. Um, you know, right now you can't drive a car from Canada to the United States, nor can you fly without getting tested or wearing a mask on the flight. And so that is not ideal for us at this time if uh you know any of those things kind of get lifted or relaxed a little we might be looking at uh you know traveling to the u.s again but in the meantime we're kind of grounded stuck within canada yeah uh so gen con next year yeah maybe uh i think tickets generally go on sale in january so we'll be looking again at where the world is at at that time to make that determination but it would be lovely to go back to gen con i like indianapolis and of course hanging out with the mario marathon crew is always a blast one of these days i'm gonna know what that's like (laughs) <laughs> Hoosier hospitality is a real thing. Uh, another event that we generally go to annually, um, COVID notwithstanding, would be Portland Retro Gaming Expo. It has been cancelled, fully cancelled for this year, so we're hoping that we can go next year. I don't believe they've announced dates yet, so we're going to be watching that carefully. Uh, we are talking about doing a trip to Hawaii. Uh, 2024, I think. Yeah, so talk about some long-term planning. Yeah. But, I mean, Mike and I have a, a cruise booked for next year in November out of they London. booked last October. Yeah, right? so like <laughs> we're, we're, we're getting into that phase of more long-term planning because, yeah. you know, what else are we going to do? Exactly. <laughs> um, and so, as I mentioned earlier, our Panorama cruise, we rebooked for one year hence. So that would be August of 2022, assuming everything is good there. And I've racked up nearly 3 million loyalty points in my Vegas. Oh my. Uh, I got to 2, and then I stopped trying, but then I just put it on every now and then, and now I'm at 3. Yeah, I think I'm at like 1.5 now or something. So, I mean, that's good for like 3 10-day cruises, or at least it used to be. Um, And, you know, obviously tons of free stuff in Vegas and what have you. So again, when these options open up, I, I look forward to hopefully redeeming those and hopefully they're not, like, devalued in the meantime. It's a concern I have, but we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and so hopefully a lot of nearly free travel in our future at some point would be very exciting. Fantastic. Um, but just any travel. I don't, I don't care if we have it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, although, obviously, if we can show you how to do it cheap or free, then you can do it more, and so can we. And so that's always a win. Um so that's sort of the usual housekeeping intro stuff. Um, sort of onto our first uh, real topic. Um, we've been keeping these podcasts a little light just because the state of the world. Not everyone's interested in travel right now. Yeah. Um, but one thing that we did talk about before uh, and we've posted on the YouTube channel about as well is that um, Carnival sold off and scrapped a lot of their fantasy class ships. Yeah. So these are the older, smaller ships built in the 90s. Um, and so now they are down to just four. And so there is the Carnival Ecstasy, which I have not sailed on. The Carnival Sensation, which is lovely. Carnival Elation, which I have not sailed on, but I have sailed along with <laughs> before. I've seen it out there. I've taken some pictures in the Caribbean because it was near me. Uh, and um, the Carnival Paradise. And so it's interesting because the sensation was where I first heard Natalie Carboni, a uh, piano bar entertainer that I really enjoy. Uh, she has a song on Spotify called Following. I recommend you check it out. It's awesome. 
and on the Paradise, that was uh, Gustavo's ship for the longest time, sailing out of Tampa. And uh, so he's a piano bar entertainer that we really enjoy. He does some live streams and stuff. You can find him on Facebook if you're missing that piano bar uh, experience. You might be able to kind of have some of it virtually with him. Um, but those are the only four fantasy class ships left. And so I think part of it is uh, they need to keep them because it, in some places you can't have larger ships. Yeah. If you go under a certain kind of bridge that's too low, uh, if the waters are too shallow for docking and things like that. So, Or if, honestly, the, uh, the crew's demand in the region doesn't support it, like Mobile, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Alabama. Uh, and so there are still four fantasy class ships out there. They're not all gone. And the fantasy class has its charm. Uh, it's easier to navigate the whole thing because it's not so big. You can circumnavigate it pretty quickly, and so you can learn it quickly. My first cruise was on the Inspiration uh, fantasy class, and so it was, I was able to feel comfortable on it very quickly. Um, and so sometimes they have some of the older food options, like, uh, where you used to be able to get, uh, um, nachos and you could get fries. And so I would get fries and put the nacho cheese on my fries and have cheese fries. Uh, but I think they've all been upgraded. I think they might all have guys now. I'm not sure. No. Um, because that went away with the guys upgrade. And that's, right. I mean, honestly, that's a, that, that is an upgrade. It's, upgrade yeah. it's a trade off. I've gone, sometimes I miss the cheese fries, but I would never trade guys for cheese fries. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and I like I've, I've talked about this before. But one time I was uh, I was on I think the I don't know one of the, the Dream or something uh, the Breeze I don't know what it was uh, no something with Mike. Anyways, I was on I was on, I think it's the Sensation, and I yeah that's what it was. I was on the Sensation with Mike, and we were in MDR, and the waiter recognized me from an earlier cruise I'd been on on the Breeze. Oh. Uh, and so he says, hey, I remember you. What have you sailed on before? And so, like, we compared ships that we... He compared the ones he served on, and I compared the ones that I sailed on, and we figured out that it was the breeze sailing. Okay. Uh, and so he he served us uh, at some point. Or maybe it was when I went with Sam. Anyways. Um, and so I asked him, because I'm genuinely curious, do you like serving on the larger ships or the smaller ships? What do you prefer? Mm-hmm. And his answer was the fantasy class. And his, his reason was, if a guest has a special request... I can go anywhere on the ship and get it and be back in five minutes where no one else, like, basically feels my absence. Yeah. Uh, so I can, I can accommodate any special request that we can accommodate on the ship of this size, uh, without it, you know, delaying other people's meals or things like that. And yeah. he likes that. And so, that's part, like, I've often found that sometimes the food on the fantasy class was superior. I found the piano bar experience is often superior. Um, maybe because they have to compensate for not having you know, uh, you know, a roller coaster or what have you on their ship, uh, but whatever it is. And so I do enjoy the fantasy class, uh, and, um, happy to sail on them, but of course all good things must come to an end. It makes sense that at some point, uh, they will be fully retired, but if you are interested in that experience, there are still four available. I don't know how many sailing right now under COVID and all that stuff. Um, but I think think the paradise is sailing currently. Because they're out of... So I think Mobile is um, sailing. And yeah, I think it's the Ecstasy is out of Mobile. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, is it Mobile? Mobile? I think it's Mobile. Anyways. <laughs> I'm not sure. But I mean, and, and you're very fond of Fantasy Class as well, right? I, I, well, I mean, I've only ever sailed on the Imagination. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I quite, quite liked the Imagination. Um, yeah, I preferred the food. Um, and um, yeah, it, just, it had a more intimate experience. And, and I liked kind of 
knowing the ship within a couple of hours mm-hmm. rather than having with the, with the larger ships. Yeah, there's a lot of really cool things that you can get on the larger ships that you can't get on the fantasy class. Um, but, but it you takes gotta you have a couple of to remember where to get it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it kind of takes you a couple of days to sort of get your footing, um, and so it's. Um, yeah, not something you need to worry about with a fantasy class. So, and, and and in the group that we run, I know there's a lot of people that are really upset about the fact that the uh, fantasy class is all but extinct now, um, and are really not a fan of the um, larger ships. Yeah, the Mardi Gras and whatnot. They, they can be intimidating. I can appreciate yeah. that, especially for an early experience. Um, you know, or if you're just not into crowds or things like that, I can I yeah. can somewhat appreciate that. Yeah, no, the fantasy class is definitely a good toe in the water, pardon the pun, uh, experience <laughs> for for first time cruisers. Yeah, if if you if the first time you cruise, you go on a Mardi Gras or you go on the um, the Vista or something like that. That's that's going to be a lot. Uh, I mean, there's going to be some of us that can handle that no problem. It could make are, an amazing impression. It certainly can, but for for a lot of people, it could be like. Woohoo! This is this is too much shit for me, and I wouldn't necessarily blame them for having that reaction. Um, so it's like in some of the piano bars when people come in, they they would sometimes welcome them in a particular way, and they say, "Holy ship! Look who it is!" Mm-hmm. <laughs> Somebody I can see getting onto a holy ship. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's with a P. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Although I think our podcast is marked as explicit on iTunes for some reason. Well, that's probably my fault. Uh, no, no, no. That was definitely me. I remember doing it. <laughs> I was like, what if we curse? I don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> but we're generally family friendly. Uh, and so, yeah, it's like, and the thing is, it's like the Vista class is amazing. We haven't been on the Mardi Gras, you know, the XL class or anything. Although um, the know. sailing next year with Mike and I is going to be the first ever sailing in the celebration. So make sure that you stay subscribed on YouTube and on your podcast platform of choice because we're going to be on the first sailing of the celebration. And we'll be bringing you the pictures, the video, and the sounds, and our thoughts and reactions uh, to that, uh, Mike and I, um, next year, hopefully, assuming all goes according to plan. And I'll be staying home watching Julian <laughs> go through his midterms. And, you know, you can watch the pictures and videos, too. <laughs> Real, you are there feeling. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly the same thing. Uh, one thing that's interesting because of COVID and everything is that a lot of people, like myself and Sam, for example, have accumulated a lot of vacation time that we're going to need to use at some point. And so uh, we could be going from famine to feast very quickly here. We could go from, you know, zero to 100 in, in no time at all if the border opens or the mask mandate on flights lifts or whatever. Mm. Uh, and so uh, that could be very interesting. A lot of three-day work weeks in your future. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Because uh, also, I mean, I am going on another trip right after this one. I'm going back to work for three days, and then I'm leaving on the next trip with John, which is a road trip to Edmonton and back. So again, very similar, a uh, road trip to the province of Alberta. Uh, and so, you know, pictures and videos come out of that, of course. Um, but, you know, I think back to 2016, where it took six cruises in one year. Yeah. Uh, and it was, and that would be ideal. It would be like... Um, Every other month going on a cruise. So you have that month to plan yeah. uh, and book and... Uh, Anticipate. And, and Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there have been study after study talking about the positive mental health impact of even just planning a vacation. Yeah. Even before you leave, it has a positive impact. And I definitely uh, believe it and relish in it. <laughs> um, and so it would be this great, like, sort of perpetual cycle. Um uh, you know, the trick would be paying for it. <laughs> so if you want to support us on Patreon, <laughs> patreon.com slash vacation impossible, you can get my blog writings and exclusive behind the scenes pictures and things like that for as little as, depending on your currency, uh, I think a dollar a month. Uh, so you can check that out if you like. <laughs> um, yeah. So 
Uh, I think that's probably good for this sort of, you know, COVID podcast. And so it's like a podcast light. Yeah. Um, but uh, just want to let you guys know that we're still out there adventuring and trying to discover new and reasonably priced places that you might be able to check out. Uh, and because we believe that uh, travel is good and more travel is better. And so if you can do it cheaper and smarter, you can do it more often. And that is a good thing. Uh, so you can, you know, try new foods and see other people's ways of doing things and then go and steal their good ideas to improve your life. Okay. <laughs> That's what we're all about. So thanks so much for listening. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, we will see you on YouTube, on Instagram, everywhere else where you can find Vacation Impossible. And we'll see you in the next podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Bye-bye.